podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and the latest trends in the digital world. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is my co-host, Samir Khan. What's up? How are you doing? Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? Almost awesome. New Year. Almost New Year's, almost holiday season. Things are winding down and ramping up at the same time. You know, I know. Craziness. Crazy. And with Crazy. that is the transition from 2019 to 2020. And for how many years in a row now that we've done with this podcast, we are going to go almost. do our predictions. It's going to be awesome. This yeah, is that's really, fantastic. This is it. You know, this is, yeah, this one is like of the, the coolest podcast of the year. One of the so. coolest one of the year. Exactly. <laughs> so for I everybody, agree. we did 2019 predictions. We had 11 of those. We actually have 11 for 2020. And we're going to quickly go through. Samir and I did not. We purposely did not um, identify what stance or position we took on the 2019, whether each one came true or not. So we're going to discover this now. And it's going to be fantastic. Okay, cool. You ready, Samir? I am ready. Let's do this. Okay. 2019, number one, data analytics marketing predictions. Number one, organizations will increase focus on digital transformation instead of digitization. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, that was, I, I think that we hit the nail on it. Uh, yeah. The digital transformation is the way to go now. And it, it's just one of those things to where it, what I've even heard from clients is, they're using that terminology too. You know, they're, they're thinking about this crawl, walk, run. How do we get into the digital age? And not just through digital um, digitization, but something that you and I have talked about before. It's um, like technology, process, people, data, and culture, like that type of digital transformation, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it is. It is something that a lot of organizations are already talking about it. They are past the digital marketing, digitization uh, in one of the last podcasts, if you want to go look at the podcast number 48, that's exactly what we talk about from digital marketing to digital transformation. So this is right on the money. Awesome. Uh, I feel like we did really good on this one. Cool. One for one. Yay. <laughs> okay. So number two, AI hype will continue to be a distraction, although it will gain more mainstream acceptance. I, I actually believe that it, it, it'll, it is a distraction in a way because I think people are just using sometimes the term AI without really knowing what it is, or they say that they have AI within their tools and it's like in this new trend, but it's also become more um, uh, of a common uh, tool set or like a, a feature within new marketing tools. So I, I agree with this one. Yeah. I, I think this year we saw when it, when it comes to AI, there are basically the three parts of AI, right? One is what what they what they call is is assisted AI, right? Huh. So the assisted AI is what's already happening. Is basically, if you look at marketing or any other sector like fintech, the humans are getting assisted with some type of an AI technology to help them get their job done faster, better, uh, all the good stuff, you know, and more efficiently. Then the next phase is what it is, is essentially is augmented AI, which is human and technology are working together, more like mm -hmm. really working together, not just assisting us. And then the third phase is full automation. This is when the human, the, the automation will be ahead of the human. 
And what yeah. I feel is right now we are still in the assisted AI age with some augmented AI that's already happening. And most of the augmented AI, it's more fun and cool. Um, so I feel like we AI is not a distraction anymore. Uh, we're getting mainstream acceptance, but on the early stage, which is the assisted AI. I agree, yeah. So that, that makes sense. Very cool. Okay, so number three, data scientists will make way for data engineers as the top hot career. So I'll let you answer this one first because this is more your realm than mine, but what, what do you think about this one? There is definitely an increased adoption of data engineer and architects around the industry. Uh, in my company and other companies that I've been previously, there's definitely an incremental need for a data engineer and architect. I'm not sure if it's 100% swing in the way of data engineer. There is still a lot of demand for data scientists. It continues to be one of the top uh, path, the career path from people who are interested in data. Uh, I don't think we completely nailed this one. I still think there is, is going to take another year or so before data architect and engineers will become, uh, will spearhead a, uh, compared to a data scientist. No, I agree. And, and, and I think a lot of companies are still in that phase where they're discovering these new titles and discovering these new careers that are, or these new roles that are needed within their company. So as people continue to do digital transformation, you know, that switch from a, just a data scientist into a data engineer will then become more prominent. I, believe. I, I totally agree. Cool. Okay. So number four, U.S. and other non-European countries will introduce their own version of GDPR. Haha. <laughs> yeah, I, I California Consumer Privacy Act. That yep. is a proof that GDPR is no longer just a European uh, issue or agenda. U.S. Exactly. is also adopting it with the California Consumer Privacy Act, and other states have similar privacy act that's going to go in place. Uh, I think we were right on the money on this one as well. Exactly. Cool. Okay. So number, so we're, f I guess three and a half or four for four, kind of three and a half, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Three and a half. Cool. So number five, organizations will have multiple options to buy machine learning models. I agree. I mean, you just look at the Scott Brinker's last, uh, what was the, the count in this past year? 7,500, I believe. 7,500. Okay. If you can't, if you can't prove that this is true with now 7,500 tools, then there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, and I also think uh, when we think about this prediction, this was more along the line of the marketplace to buy machine learning algorithms. While Kaggle.com offers a place where we can buy the capabilities, uh, I don't think there are marketplaces available yet to buy machine learning models. That is something... I know Amazon is playing with something similar and I, I think Google is also doing it along the same line. I do think mm -hmm. that uh, we may have predicted that a little bit more earlier, like there's a marketplace for machine learning model. It's coming, yeah. uh, but it's not there yet. No, I, I agree. I, th I think we, we predicted that the trend is going to happen, but I think right. it's been, it's taken longer to adopt. So It's taking longer. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So that's, that's another half. So we'll say four. <laughs> right so right uh marketing automation will converge with artificial intelligence 
yes. Um, I see yeah. that happening myself. So I see that happening yeah, I, with tools that I support. That's great. Yeah, I, I do see that happening as well more and more. And one of the discussions that I was having with someone the other day, and we're talking about like the evolution of the marketing operations and marketing automation roles. And part of that is the marketing automation, as I was talking about the three spectrum, it's moving more rapidly towards the augmented AI um, and eventually getting very close to the autonomous AI, which is like everything is happening by the machine itself and there's very little human involvement. And I yep. believe that marketing automation will be one of these areas where we're already seeing that change more rapidly than other areas. No, I agree. I agree. Cool. Uh, this next one, probably I haven't, dealt with it as much you have more so number seven is chatbot interactions will improve due to advancement in natural language processing i mean i think for me semantically that just makes sense because we have seen you know updates and innovations in natural language processing and for me it just makes sense that chatbot interactions will improve and it it's almost human-like now but um what is your take on that i agree i think uh with many different solutions, especially solutions that are available to not only the large corporations, but also small businesses like ManyChat, for example. Uh, these companies and these startups and entities are providing lots of different options for humans to use a chatbot solution for their business and for the consumers is starting to become more norm, especially because of the Facebook chat. Uh, it's having much more broader acceptance and no longer we're feeling that we're talking to a robot we're okay talking to a robot realizing that the conversation is more fluid and more smoother mm -hmm. I, I still think there is a little bit more research and more uh, expansion of the language processing behind these chatbot needs to be done and adoption needs to be happening but yeah. i do feel it's a lot better than couple of years ago where we felt like hey we're actually oh, talking yeah. to a robot now it's more oh more smoother yeah. they, they're they're so bad you know some yeah. of these chatbot interactions were terrible back then. they were annoying <laughs> <laughs> yeah they were <laughs> um i think okay so the next one number eight i think apple proved this one already um augmented reality will become a marketing channel yeah yeah I mean, it, it is on. starting to happen yeah. already right yeah i yeah. think lots of games have been launch their augmented reality a lot of marketing campaigns well, are happening that the app store for games um for apple there's an entire section just on augmented reality games so wow that's incredible yeah so th i guess there you go <laughs> done right okay cool number nine yep. facebook will lose more market share oh yes. my god this one is like right on the money uh, facebook <laughs> is facing a lot of problems i have seen uh, one of the data set that was showing me double digit drop in people no longer in Facebook. Uh, you know, people who are in Facebook, they're quitting because of the privacy issues, because of what happened yep. in the, uh, in the elections and what have you, like all, all the stuff is going against their favor. So they're definitely losing a lot of market share. Yeah. And, and I think it's also because of, you know, the, the, I guess, um, generations, you know, different generations of people, uh, the younger generations are using Facebook less older generations are maintaining their use of it. But you know, all that's going to change in the next five to 10 years too. Which is very important. That's one of the 2020 predictions that we have, which is going to completely 
alignment with what you just said, the newer yeah. generation and their adoption with social media. Yeah, so we won't give anything away just yet. Or like in about two minutes, we will. Okay, cool. <laughs> yep. Number 10, expect to see more marketing technology or MarTech consolidations. Yeah, of course. Yeah, totally. Uh, big time. You know, lots of consolidation. Adobe bought Marketo, one of the big consolidations yep. that happened this year. And Magento. Thing. And Magento. Salesforce bought Datorama. I mean, Google bought who knows how many brands. Uh, it is already happening and it's happening to a larger scale and it will continue to happen as bigger technologies will land grab the new and the best of the breeds and the smaller it will create path for new smaller technology uh, changes but a bit consolidation is going to happen a lot more yeah I mean if you think about it when somebody comes in and wants to buy analytics after that you want to tie those analytics to site software like a CRM or if you want to tie that to um, you know any type of uh, data asset management tool and then from that you want to tie that into uh, any kind of testing or targeting and campaign tools you know it, it you have to start using more things and if it doesn't work with other things it's not connected that you need to have that consolidation I mean nobody's gonna start buying your stuff when it's just a siloed tool so Right. I agree. Cool. Last one. Voice over internet search will reshape buyer behavior. Oh, this one totally. I mean, this was the year of voice search. All the Alexas of the world, and I don't know. No, I'm, I've stopped I'm, I'm, saying, I'm shocked. I'm shocked at how quickly it's it's come in and how creepy still Alexa is. But yeah, and, and you know, Echo, Amazon Echo, and then Google came up with their new device of the mini home, whatever. But I mean, there were just so yeah. many devices launched this year that are all voice-based. And it, it's it's actually happening. If you go look at some of the SEO changes that are yep. happening, the searches are becoming more sentence instead of keywords. Well, and actually, so just for our audience, here's how you do it. Uh, the 20-second the explanation of how you start to integrate voice search in your paid search and in your SEO, or, or I guess you specifically SEO, is to create an FAQ right. page. So create a really robust, fully sentenced out FAQ page. And then from that, it'll start to, uh, that, that's a step forward towards voice. I search. like that. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. 2019 is done. Let's talk about 2020. Here's 2020. Wow. Boom. Yeah. We don't want to delay this any longer. Okay. So we have 11. Number one, Marketing and sales will continue to increase AI technology adoption. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a no brainer, right? <laughs> it's like, and exactly. <laughs> and I think this is something that uh, going to the, going to my thought process about the assisted augmentism and autonomous, I came up with my own terminology mm -hmm. instead of AI, I'm calling it assisted marketing. Ooh. And augmented marketing and autonomous marketing. Everybody heard and that on this podcast. This is it. I mean, it, yeah. in from my perspective, which I was giving an example, right now we have a notion of assisted marketing. You have your marketing automation platform. It has some AI capability. You have your Salesforce CRM. You have some AI with Einstein, with Adobe mm -hmm. has Sensei. 
Yep. They're assisting you to do your job. So sales representative can look at their sales pipeline and Einstein can say, hey, by the way, in a specific geo, this type of customer has not been touched yet for X number of period. You may want to call them to increase your chances of conversion. And da, da, da. So that's assisting you to do your job better. Yep. The next evolution, what we're going to start seeing more and more in 2020 is augmented marketing, where some of the stuff the machine will do by themselves. And it will yeah. help you even better as human beings. So you and machine will work together. So for example, going back to my sales example, the machine will already take care of a customer communication based on certain customer behavior mm -hmm. to help the sales and marketing team continue the conversation. So well, it, it will not wait for the salespeople to do the job. It will do it on its own. It's the most prominent tool out there that is an example of a marketing and sales tool that uses AI and automation, Marketo. Right. Marketo is the example of the, of number one. It's, it's Marketo and it's a huge success. Everybody successfully uses Marketo. And because yeah. of that, that's why this is going to come true into 2020. So Yeah. And there is another platform that actually makes the booking on behalf of the telesales rep. I forgot oh, wow. the name runs out of my mind. Uh, that also does uses automation to do the booking. But so that's augmented. And then finally, the autonomous marketing, which is mm -hmm. there will be less need for what we call as marketers today and more a need of managing autonomous system who are doing the marketing for you. Uh, nice. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that 2020, we're going to see more of the middle part, which is augmented marketing. Yep. Uh, and then eventually it will go to the autonomous. Sweet. Okay, cool. So number two, online buying will continue to put big box stores out of business. Well, yeah. Look at look what happened to Toys R Us. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. Yeah, that's, this is crazy. <laughs> I, I'm curious, like you guys are at the forefront of this, right? With Adobe yeah. Suite. Uh, what is the general observation when you guys provide your Magento solutions to the market? What's happening in the market? If you want to shed some light on it. Yeah, so what we're finding out, this is exactly true. Online buying is putting big box stores out of business. The ones that are successful, successful using it are the ones who are integrating multiple points of online and offline data. You know, when you're looking at customer data segmentation and behaviors, the ones, the big box stores that are staying open and are able to, to do it right and understand the value of their stores are the ones who are combining online purchase data, in-store buying data, and and not even just in-store buying data, but also big box stores when somebody steps in, like an Apple store or Best Buy, the behavior on that app is tracking their movements, where they are within the store, what they're doing, what they're looking at, and so on, based on mm -hmm. like uh, any kind of like geofencing and stuff, which is right, also creepy. Right. But then it's also combining the customer service you know, nice. the customer service data. So with that combination, online buying will not destroy those stores, but everybody else, they're getting destroyed. Wow. That, that's, that's crazy, man. Yes. It's, it's scary, but it's crazy. Like I, I like, sometimes I like the touchy feely feeling of online stores, but this yeah. year for Black Friday, I literally decided not to go to any physical store. Oh, I didn't either. No, I, I slept yeah. and I ate some pie. You know. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, I'm just gonna use online. But then when when you know specific thing like probably like a shirt 
I'm buying or maybe shoes, I like to go to the store because well, sometimes like what, you never know like what do you buy and yeah right like well, you buy and something and else buy them online right exactly yeah something like that a combination like augmented marketing you know <laughs> well here's the other thing there's this terminology in the retail market called bopis it's called buy online pick up in store so it's kind of a reverse hmm. too to nice where, i like that yeah these big uh big box stores of the retail markets are trying to get you to buy that online and then come in the store to pick purchase the store. Yeah, yeah, I, I do that. Yeah, store, I, I know like Macy's you. does that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So cool. Okay, cool. So that's a good one. Number three, mobile messaging app users will surpass the number of social network users. Hmm. Yeah, this is the one that I, I was talking about when we were mentioning yeah. the Facebook, right? So Facebook yeah. market share is decreasing. Social media in general uh, is we're, we're, what we're seeing is, and this is, this is not us, this is according to Facebook by 2020, yeah. 80% of the smartphone users, that's 80% of the smartphone users are projected to be using a mobile messaging app, which is basically like WhatsApp or similar mobile yeah. social media platforms. Yeah. Instagram yeah. is one of, one of the other ones. Instagram, that is the reason WhatsApp, why. Line, yeah, all those. Yeah, and that's the reason why we're saying that. I mean, this is not even a prediction, I and mean, it's pretty obvious that <laughs> social network will. It's funny, like ten years ago, when most of the social network that we see today came into fruition, ten, twelve years ago, mm -hmm. and then now we're seeing the migration towards the new type of social media, which is the mobile social media, uh, which is just incredible. Yeah. Exactly. It's, um, it, it's pretty intense because people will go and, you know, build out communication with people through these mobile messaging apps like the WhatsApp and so on and just completely say, you know, what? I don't even want to go to Facebook anymore. I don't want to go to these other. Tools. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. And, and each of these also have their stickers and they have their, their gifts and all the funny memes and crap that you can put on there. So there's no reason to even go to social media and get bombarded with ads. So. Yeah, and I don't know the new one that came out. Like the the people are doing a lot of videos on it. I don't even. Tick, I'm stopped TikTok. following. Yeah, TikTok. Yeah, I yeah. was like, I've stopped following. <laughs> I think I'm. I, I hate to say it. I think I'm too old for TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to be that old old guy on TikTok with like the gray hairs in his beard, and people are like, "Dude, what are you doing on here?" <laughs> I'm not going to be that guy. So. Nice. I'll stick to my I'll stick to my old school old person social media sites. Right? Seriously, <laughs> okay, it's too so much to handle. Oh shit! <laughs> okay, number four. This is a good one. Video become table stakes instead of innovative strategy. Absolutely. I mean, this. Yeah, is I mean, ninety percent of all social media content that's produced today, it's a combination of video or imagery. And yeah, I do. I it, mean, it, yeah, it has to. Here's here's an example, and I do this when I do a lot of um, you know uh, training sessions or you know just kind of volunteer work, and I'm helping small businesses. I'm like, well, what kind of content do you create? And I'm like, well, when you wake up in the morning, you yourself, even as a small business owner, when you wake up in the morning and you look through your Facebook feed and you're just either using the restroom, getting ready, or eating breakfast or something, when you have a friend who writes a really long post, and it's like something you have to push add more and scroll and you got to read 
how often do you just scroll past it because you're bored out of your mind, right? Everybody else just wants to say, you know what, I'd rather look at the videos and I'd rather look at the pictures because that's what draws you in. Right, absolutely. Yeah, it's painful. Yeah, and if, if so that's what, common for the average person, then it's common for businesses too. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're saying here is video no longer will be something, oh, let's go do video. It's innovative. It's more so like if you're not doing video, you're, you don't even exist. I mean, that's how it is. And that's how it's going to continue to be in 2020. You have to be on video if you want to market your products, services, or even if you want to serve your customer or you want to reach out to and reach out and share new innovative ideas. You have to be on the video. You have to be on the digital. And as a matter of fact, we're also thinking about like, we have a lot, a lot of videos that we have recorded for the podcast and we want to release them slowly over YouTube. But video is it is there to stay and it's going to be the most important thing in your marketing media mix. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So number five, let's see this one, the rise in cybersecurity threat will require a new data management capability. This is an interesting one because I do completely agree that there is an absolute need in cybersecurity. You know, security threats are big. So, when you talk about new data management capabilities, what exactly are we talking about here? I think that, and if going back to our, our hosting world, right? We both come from the hosting world. When we started with it, we were purely focusing on bare metal services. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a server and you buy the server and we're going to help you manage that server, right? Then there came the cloud era and the cloud basically disrupted the entire bare metal market. And now, uh, People are talking about multi-tenant and you know, hybrid cloud and all the different types of solutions that are available in the market. That's good, but also what has happened is that has allowed a significant increase in cyber threats. Yep. Because the data resides in clouds, it's available somewhere in some data center that can be accessible more rapidly than versus having someone's computer sitting in below the desk disconnected from the internet, right? The idea that when we're talking about new data management capabilities, like how do we handle so much data that's being produced every single second? Mm -hmm. uh, we need a new way to manage that data. We need new types of technologies to be able to manage that. And there are uh, maybe one or two that comes to my mind. I think Amazon is playing in that era where they're trying to figure out a way to protect your data as if it were in your data center disconnected from the internet. I, I was reading this article. It was very fascinating. Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly what they were calling it. But the idea is more and more such types of technologies that will allow people to store their data more securely or manage their data more securely than what we have today. So that's what we're alluding to. We don't know what it's going to be like, but we feel like it is time that the cloud computing takes the new evolution hmm. where it becomes something else that stores your data more securely than it is today. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, yeah, it, I was trying to think about how, you know, how to explain that one, but, you know, I, I think that's a great example. So, yeah, that, that's a great one. Cool. All right, so number, what do we got? Number six. AI will enable more people to find work. So this is an interesting one, right? Because I think in the, just from, you know, just from reading it, most people are going to think, well, 
you're talking like machines taking other people's jobs. But here, what we're saying is that AI will enable more people to find work, right? So it, most people think AI is going to take away your jobs and you won't be able to find work and everything's going to become automated. So then how are we saying here that AI will help people find work? What I think the primary focus on this one is particularly people with special needs. Okay. And right. People who are not able to perform uh, some of the basic functions of work today mm -hmm. uh, can do that. And very, very simple example, and this may not be exactly the example that people are looking for, but someone who is a special need person, they're not able to access the computer and get the answers to their question. Correct. Today, the voice-based technology, which is partially driven by AI, helps yeah. them get the answer, like Google, all the Google devices, all the Alexa devices, and so on and so forth. And they can communicate. They can get access to a lot of different information, even though they have accessibility challenges. Similarly, there's going to be more adoption of such technology in the work environment. Imagine when you have an Alexa in, in, in an office where someone is trying to do work where they're not capable, they're not able to go do work physically, but mm -hmm. they're able to use their voice to be able to do the work. How powerful awesome. is that? So that's what we're trying to convey here is AI will enable more people to find work. The people who are not able to find work because of certain limitations will be able to do so because of AI. So there's not like, you know, yeah. it's not always like robots going to take over the job, all, all the sad stories. Exactly. Lots of positive things that are happening. Great explanation. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I wanted to challenge you with that that idea just to make sure people understood it's not AI. It's not the Terminator series, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome because Terminator is awesome. Okay. Uh, okay. Number seven, online shopping will be labeled an addiction. Oh, come on. Of course. <laughs> I think it's already an addiction. <laughs> uh, I was even reaching to a point where I was thinking about talking to my wife, like I'm going to just disable my Amazon prime membership. <laughs> Because believe it or not, like when I look at my bills, I'm like, I'm just buying stuff. And I'm pretty oh sure you, okay. you, you guys are the same. Like, you know, look at all the Amazon accounts. We had a clogged that toilet. We're not even thinking about it. We had a clogged toilet and I needed a new plunger. And I didn't want to go to the store and get one. So I just did Prime now and just had Amazon deliver me a plunger. I was like, that's so lazy. I know. <laughs> I, I, I know. And I think it it is... And I, who I was thinking about it, someone, uh, it was a WeWork or someone, they posted an article that by 2020, based on all the research that they've been doing or 2021, mm -hmm. they're officially going to call online shopping as addiction because it, it sparks the same level of uh, your uh, mental behavior or mental cycles that you're sparked yeah. by dopamine. And, and oh instead of like, yeah, it, it is, it's pretty crazy, right? So instead of uh, watching TV or watching uh, or, or, you know, falling into any kind of addiction like an alcohol or something like that, yeah. people are now into the online shopping addiction. Well, as, as a retail marketer in my past, when we did free shipping, people were freaking out. You know, it's a, you could do a discount where it's, Without the free shipping, it comes out to the same price. But when you add in that phrase, free shipping for online shopping, they freak out and they start buying everything. So <laughs> right. hey, whatever. 
<laughs> okay. Right. All right. So number eight, uh, we got a little bit more time, a few more minutes left, right? Number eight, move over IoT, which is Internet of Things. It's time for Internet of Behaviors. This is an awesome one because this was a making over the past few years. It's finally coming to fruition because the technology is allowing this to happen. So what is what is IOB? IOB, Internet of Behaviors. Well, IoT allowed us to enable any kind of device and connect that to the internet, right? That's the whole concept of IoT is like your fridge, your TV, your everything is, your washing machine is all connected. And that's still happening. It's I don't think we're at the peak of the IoT. But what's also happening is IOB is where our behavior online are being connected to our physical uh, role in this world. Yep. And, exactly. And, and, you know, for example, like if you were accessing certain type of information that's being converted, like a simple example could be if you're accessing certain type of information, the next day you could probably get a gift from Amazon that shows what you are trying to access on the internet. So that's just one example of it. Like another example is if you're uh, showing a certain type of digital behavior, uh, when you go to the airport, you can probably get an upgrade because you seem to be the right candidate for the upgrade and you are the one that's actually going to travel more. That's and how is, the yeah. digital journey is being built. And this is only possible because of now integrated technologies where you don't have data fragments, where it's no longer siloed, but you have these open garden environments where data is being shared across multiple tools. Um, you know, across an omni-channel experience and, you know, all the jargon and stuff like that. But because of that, that's why IOB is possible, right? Yeah, and, and more of more of that happening. I know there are organizations still struggling with data silos. Yep. But you're absolutely right. The cool. technology is available and people are moving in the direction. So I, we think that IOT will continue to advance in the direction of IOB. Cool. Okay. We got three left. Here we go. Number nine, multi-cloud service providers will see bigger adoption. So multi-cloud, what is a multi-cloud? Multi-cloud is something that we're seeing already happening for lots of organization. Uh, to give you a very simple example, for large organization, they may use, uh, they may use a managed hosting provider still like Rackspace. Then they're going to have a bigger play in the AWS. They're going to have certain types of test technology in Azure and so on and so forth. So, And then probably they're going to have Office 365 as their uh, email service provider. And that's that a multi-cloud environment, right? So you have multiple clouds that you're dealing with. The problem is how are you going to manage all of that? There's yeah. a single user who's trying to access all these different types of cloud and he or she may not know how do you manage all of that in one area? And that's giving a rise to newer types of technologies, just like right-scale cloud management, Dell Cloud Manager, which can integrate your multi-cloud into one interface. So you're going to mm -hmm. go to your computer and be able to see all your different clouds and data in it and what's happening, all the, all the transactions that are going across the different clouds. So that's what we're saying is because of the multi-cloud adoption, we're going to see more adoption of these types of providers that allow you to consolidate that into one area. 
on one well, this is similar also to adobe's uh experience platform product that was released recently too nice or, okay yeah so very cool yeah i don't want to go too much into that but this is not an adobe show so <laughs> continue to go on right okay so number 10 we got two more minutes 5g launch and adoption will pave way for hologram or 3d video calls this was fantastic i cannot wait for 5g it's going to be the life-changing experience for all of technology i i cannot wait either and one of my biggest pet weave peeves is I just don't like traveling. Uh, I, traveling meaning traveling for work, uh, commuting for work. I, I hate traffic. Yeah. And for me, being able to do the work from wherever you are, it's the ideal way to work. And and I'm I'm still like I'm I'm not surprised that lots of organizations are still not concerning that. Maybe because of technology, but I feel like having being anywhere and being able to access enough data throughput that you can project yourself into a meeting that's awesome anywhere in the world that's or meet your loved ones anywhere in the world in real time that's game changer for me so i you, you nailed it when you said jeremy like you know the the 5g is going to be a fantastic technology for all of us is going to allow us to do the oh, 3d yeah. video calls well that gets into like star trek star wars type of technology and basically tony stark from you know uh, Iron Man type of technology. Jarvis, right? right? Yeah, yeah exactly. there you go. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Last one, number 11. Digital and data jobs will grow by double digits. Absolutely. I mean, the more data that's out there, the more that it becomes a digital world. And we're talking about IOB, we're talking about online shopping as an addiction, we're talking about online behavior, killing out big box stores, the adoption of AI, cyber threats. Come on, man. It's this has to be this has to be a prediction yeah and it's already happening and it's going to continue to rapidly happen more uh, one of the concepts that i want to leave everyone with uh, when i was doing the research is called liquid workforce there were uh, i think this term was coined by pwc uh, what they were talking about is the future workforce is going to be liquid in the sense that the concept of full time permanent stable employment which is already eroding is going to completely go away and that what that will create is more liquidity in the workforce where you can probably work for five different organizations at any given point of time that's awesome and and the reason why i bring that up is because from a digital and data job perspective that's something to pay attention to so if you are not at the forefront of the transition in workforce uh -huh. then your you you could your skill set could become obsolete so it's very important to pay attention to what's happening in the digital data world and try and build some of the skills and capabilities to help you get there last thing you want to do is then realize that you're no longer 30 or 40 but you're moving into your 50s and you're not in a job role that is going to be important in the future and you get let go that's a scary absolutely. thought absolutely yeah Cool, man. Okay, so we got 11 down, right? These are all great. I'm super excited about these. I'm super excited about our score for 2019. I think we were like a 10 out of 11 <laughs> because of those two halves. We were close. We were close. <laughs> we were close. So 10 out of 11. 
but uh, yeah, but, but but I think we 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 did we did really good, and I'm hoping yeah. that some of the ones that we have for 2020 will also perform really well. Oh, we're gonna kill it! I'm already predicting the predictions. We're gonna kill it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So this has been fantastic. Thank you again, Samir. Thank you for our audience. Um, our we're growing in. We're going like crazy. A lot more users. A lot more downloads. Um, getting a lot more reviews. Please keep them coming. You can find us in a lot of different places. And thank you guys. Yeah, and thank you to for, you all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for being there with us in their journey. The last three or four years we have been we're, dude, we're almost four podcasting. Years now. Four years. Yeah, exactly. And thank you for all the love and all the comment, all the support. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is awesome. Best part of my month. So cool. Thank you guys. Great. And uh, thank you, Samir. And uh, we'll see you on the end. See you on the end. Bye.